Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Spirit of the living God, we ask that you breathe upon us this evening. We ask that your word will come to us unhindered, uninterrupted. We ask that our eyes will be flooded with light. And most especially, O oh God, tonight, let it be a stirring in our spirit. Let it be a yearning, a hunger, a thirst that nothing on this earth can satisfy. No man can quench it. But let it be the test of your spirit that burns within our soul. That which that doesn't make a man go to sleep quickly. That which that doesn't make a man desire anything else but you. Invade us. Invade us. Completely overwhelm us. Completely. Come fully in your full measure to our life and to our soul. We give you the power to invade most especially our soul tonight. Let every desire not in accordance to your will and your path for us may they be burned by the refiner's fire tonight. Let there be indeed a chiseling out. Let there be a reformation tonight. Thank you for this apostolic stirring that would occur here tonight again. And our lives will never remain the same, dear Jesus. We give you honor and we give you praise. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. Everyone, I just wanted to celebrate each other. Welcome to church. Welcome to church on the Instagram page, on YouTube, on Facebook, wherever it is, just put welcome to church. If you see someone you know on the page, just say you're welcome to church. You're welcome to church. You're welcome to church. Just like I always say, I want you to do a favor. I want you to send the link of this um, service to your friend, to your loved ones, to your family, to your brothers, to your sisters, to people who you know should be in the service. Send them the link and tell them this is going to really bless them and this tea is going to really bless them. The team for today's service is a powerful one and the Lord gave me this team for the service and it is have you taken a DNA test? Have you taken a DNA test. If you can do me a favor, please, is it you can help me increase the keyboard a little bit more, just a little bit more so that I can hear it clearly. Have you taken a DNA test? Now, let's turn our Bible to our anchor scriptures. For the season and the new, it is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and verse 16. Media. All right. Tyre, get on that yourself. Second Timothy 3 and verse 16. It says, All scripture is given by 
inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Next verse, verse 17 then says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works. Now, for the past two services, I've been talking about the fact that we will never see the actualization of verse 17 if we don't come into cooperation with verse 16. And verse 16 says that all scripture is given by inspiration, number one, number two, profitable for doctrine, number three, for reproof, number four, for correction, number five, for instruction in righteousness. And now for the past two Sundays, I believe that I have been going around by the wisdom of God and by the insight of God, number one, number two, number three, number four, thereabouts. But tonight in Gethsemane, and the team for the service is, have you taken a DNA test? And don't be quick to think you know where I'm going to because you don't. And there might, many, there might be many people who probably think, oh, it's about to tell us about our supernatural lifestyle. Well, that is true in a sense. But I've come with a new message this morning, this evening, pardon me. It's going to stir you up. It's going to bless you. But amongst this five tonight, I've come with number five which is instruction in righteousness. And number seven will then be fulfilled in your life if you would follow the instruction. Verse 17, pardon me, which then says that the man of God, which is you, you are a man of God, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works. In fact, my message tonight is really anchored on the word thoroughly furnished. There is a need for a thorough furnishing. If you want to buy a house, maybe you get some money and you want to go to Paris or you want to go to London or the UK or the US to buy a house. You wouldn't go there and buy carcass. You go there to buy a thoroughly furnished befitting house to your kingship stature. That's exactly what we want to do today. We want to thoroughly furnish you by the power and the word of God to come into the fullness and the stature of God where there is no bed sheet in your house, in your spiritual house. We want to put some bed sheets there. Where there is no chair in your spiritual house, we want to put some chairs there. Where there is no cardboard or wardrobe. Did I say cupboard? <laughs> Wardrobes. We want to put some wardrobe there. Where there is no dining set, we want to put some there. Where there is no cutlery, you don't want to be using your hands. So we want to help you get thoroughly furnished Say it out loud, I want to be thoroughly furnished. You can put it on the social media page, I want to be thoroughly furnished. And so if you're ready to be thoroughly furnished, you're going to have to use two seat belts tonight. Now, I want to say a few things to us before I get into the core of my message. Because tonight might be one of the longest sermons. See, even if I continue here watching online, just run down to Ikeja and join us. <laughs> because I find, I find that we have spiritual ants in the body of Christ and not many spiritual giants. And one of the reasons is this, that we have many believers who do not mind spending five hours 
on a useless series that doesn't do anything good for their life. They crossed their leg and watched all the King of Boys service. Is that even say service? Is this service? It was service for some of them. King of Boys series in one sitting. If you watch that thing in one sitting, you need to be thoroughly furnished tonight. One sitting, five hours movie. But then when the service is 45 minutes, they are sleeping. They are dense spiritually. No spiritual stamina. You know what it means for someone to have stamina? It means that if I stand and I'm standing with a person of my stature, if the person pushed me, I should fall down. Or I would, if I have strong stamina, I will stand. If a giant pushed me, then maybe. But if someone of my stature, can you imagine my little daughter at home pushes me and I fall down? No stamina. That's the same way many of you are. When the word of God is coming, it's coming to your life. You don't have the stamina to stand. But you have stamina to eat popcorn, Netflix, and chill. But when it comes to the word, oh, this service is too long. Can we make it short? Can we drink? You could just go to Harvard and, and, and take a course or Coursera. But when it comes to the word, you must be willing to stay in the word. Some of you go to cinema on a cinema date and you watch five movies in one cinema. Five. As one is finishing, you are buying tickets for another one. Say so it's popcorn. Ah, this life, I can't keep myself. Five movies in one cinema visiting. But when it comes to the word of God, 30 minutes you are dozing. Say, I just don't understand. 50 minutes, this service is too long. And some of you come to the service and say, I just want worship. I just like when we have worship service, the Oriki generation people. I just want, that's why we're not doing Oriki for you. I'm the one resisting your Oriki. Until you learn how to stay in the word. And you see, we must bring back the days of five hours in the word. Eight hours teaching in the word and we are still ready to go. Eight hours praying in tongues and we are still ready to go. Ten hours praying in tongues. Lazy believers that want to take up mountains. You are not taking jack. Thoroughly furnished. And so this day, today, I want to take you on what I would call a spiritual vacation. You know what a spiritual vacation is? It's just like when you go on a vacation. You, some of you go on vacation. You wear your bikinis, you wear all those things, and you go to the beach and take a picture with water. Beside mommy water. <laughs> I'm just joking. And, <laughs> and you, you stay there, and you have some fun. You relax, you enjoy yourself. But people don't even go on spiritual vacation. A spiritual vacation means a getaway. You take yourself off the noise, and you go into a place of isolation, to be what? Thoroughly furnished. And that's what we're going to do here tonight. If you leave the online page, YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is, I will, you will see me in your dreams. So you must stay there. And I know there's Champions League going on tonight. You must stay here. Glory be to God. Let me show you a picture. Show me that picture, those two pictures. Look at these two of two people now. Watch this. So I've not started my service, so my sermon, I'm just beginning. All right. Look at this kind of person now. I'm not saying it's bad to watch movies, though. I mean, I sometimes watch movies. I play games sometimes. But you see this person now, just all the life of his soul, all the soul that God gave to him, this is what he's doing with it. Now, show me this second person, all right? Show me the person. All right. Look at this person here. 
Now, in your own judgment, who would God use? Who do you think God is going to use? Who, who is God invested in? Is it this other one? Not this, this. Show me the other one. Is it this one? God will use. Is this God invested? Let me tell you something, guy. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch movies, but you can't sit down eight hours watching one movie. Then when it's time for the word, you say, "I like those churches where worship is ten minutes, prayer is ten minutes, then word is fifteen minutes, max twenty minutes." You, you are not well spiritually. You are not well. You need to see a spiritual doctor like me. Yeah. And so, the new in this season. You will, you will, is by force. This one is not even that. You, this one in this church, you will know this God by force. Is that? Is it that you know this God in this church, or you go to another church that will teach you seven laws of highly effective people that God will not use you? Are we ready for God's word today? Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven and verse one. You know, as I just said that Ezekiel thirty-seven, I just felt. A powerful anointing. Ooh. Ooh. Let's read this together, everyone. One, two, ready and read. And the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and it set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. Next verse. And caused me to pass by them roundabout. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were there very dry. Next verse. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones, yes, it means there were plenty right there, leave. It's a question from God to him. And it says, and I answered, O Lord God, know thou. Thou knowest. Next verse. Verse 4. Again he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, Oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, let me pause for that. Keep the scripture with me, but pause in a moment. You see, that's so powerful that not only do humans hear the word of the Lord, living things and non-living things can act into the word of the Lord. Dry bones, you see, we, we can, we can, when we say a bone, dry bone, it means there's no life in it. And so he says, do you believe that what doesn't have life by the word, by the spoken word, by the rhema, what doesn't have life can have life. It means spiritually, you can be a spirit, but don't have life of the spirit. You didn't hear what I just said to you. You can be a spirit, but yet you don't have the life of the spirit. So he's saying that even though these bones are dry, they can receive the life of the spirit. So it means that any area of your life spiritually that doesn't have the life can receive that life. He then says in verse 4, again, and said to me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, Holy dry bones, yeah, the word of the Lord. Now, let me explain what that means. The word of the Lord, like we say, is in three forms. Number one, the word is a written word. Number two, the rhema word. Number three, the living word. The rhema word, the written word, and the living word, they are the same. Jesus is the rhema. Jesus is the logos. 
Jesus is the living. So when we speak the word, even if I take a scripture from the Bible and I speak it to you, it's the same Jesus, the same resurrected one that is speaking that life into you. And so I don't need to see Jesus physically as a being, a human being in human form. If I have the word, then I have Jesus. And so the word can be spoken to my dead bones and that bones can come back to life. Now look at verse 5. Verse 5 then says, Thus said the Lord upon these bones, Behold, I would cause bread to enter unto you and ye shall live. Verse 6, And I will lay sin wheels upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Next verse. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, <laughs> there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. Now on Sunday, keep that scripture with me. On Sunday, what I came to do as a prophet of God, to every one of you who watched the service, not those who are members of the church, for those who heard, because the word which I speak unto you, the word must be directed somewhere. Uh-huh. For those who watched the service and participated in it, what I did last week Sunday, by the prophetic giftings and the calling of God upon my life as an apostle for the new and the generation, is to call the bones to come together. Is to bring back life of the supernatural into our spirit. To bring back and resuscitate the awareness of who we really are as the army that God is raising. Which we are the supernatural army. And that's what I did by the prophetic giftings and by the power of the living God. To bring back that life to you. And that's why I say it again. In our lifetime, we will surely see what this supernatural army truly means. Not just men of the world, men of the spirit. But men of the world, men of the spirit, yielded to the voice of God and are willing to take up the mountains of God for him until the kingdom of this world become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. That's the people we are talking about. And that's what we did last week Sunday. Something started inside of you. There is an awareness that awakened inside of all of you. This consciousness of I'm supernatural. I'm supernatural. I'm supernatural. I don't know about you, but I, I said it to myself so many times this week. I'm supernatural. I'm supernatural. I'm supernatural. You want to say that again? Say it out loud. I'm supernatural. I'm supernatural. I'm supernatural. I'm supernatural. I'm supernatural. Remember, you're not just speaking empty words. You are speaking words with power and life. I'm supernatural. And so bones came back to its bones on Sunday. Now, go look at verse 8. This is very powerful. It then says, And when I beheld low, the sin wheels and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. It meant that what happened last week Sunday was step one. Step two is what I'm about to show you today. And step two, to bring that breath, because the bones can come together but still not functional. You can be screaming, I'm supernatural, I'm supernatural, but you are not functioning in that supernatural. What is of good? What, is, what good is it if you are screaming, I'm supernatural, but you are not functioning in it? 
What, go, what good is it if you have the word of God and you're not using it? What good is it if you have $20 million in your bank account and you don't know you have it? But tonight, by instruction and obedience to instruction, what I shared with you first, that tonight is for instruction. By obedience to instruction, then there will be a breathing into your spirit. Verse 9, look at verse 9. Verse 9 then says, Then said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man. And he said to the wind, Thus said the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slaves, that they may live. Verse 10, So I prophesied as I was commanded. Now I'm teaching you as commanded. Because the Lord changed my message nine minutes as I was about coming to this place. The Lord changed my message and it's for you. And bread and the bread came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet as an exceeding great army. This is the supernatural army we are talking about. So leg one is not enough. There must be a combination of leg one and leg two. Last week Sunday and the instructions that would follow from today going forward. It is after then there would be a breath, a breath of life into your spirit. Then you will rise on your feet because before that time you were still on the floor even though bones have come together. Bones can come together but still remain on the floor. Right. You can still be in, in, in the king's palace like Mephibosheth but still talking like a dead dog. That's what I'm talking about. But when instructions come in, then you can now rise on your feet and become an exceeding great army. In Joel chapter 2, the Lord started talking about this army that is rising. A new generation. A new people. One that would chase a thousand and two would chase ten thousand. This is the kind of people that God is raising. Indeed, a supernatural army. Indeed. Not just that we're supernatural that we pray in tongues. Or we, or we cast out demons. But we understand the fullness of what it really means to be an army for the Lord. As a supernatural army. And this is the exceedingly great army. That the Lord wants to raise from amongst us. Now, when these bones come together, there would be a need to then do what I call a DNA test. To truly know whose child are these bones coming together. And I want you to follow me very closely. Because I'm going somewhere by the Spirit today. If you can, turn your Bible with me to Exodus chapter 34. And this is my core of my message tonight. Exodus chapter 34. And I'm going to start reading from verse 1. And I want you to read with me. 1, 2, ready, I read. And the Lord said unto Moses, Now show me the NIV. Heal thee two stones. NIV. There's an NIV. Aha. And the Lord said unto Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first one and I will write on them the words that were in the first tablets which you broke. Next verse. <laughs> Be ready in the morning and they come up on Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. Next verse. No one is to come with you or be seen anywhere on the mountain. Nor even the flock and the herds may graze in front of the mountain. Next verse. So Moses chiseled out 
underline that word, chiseled out two stone tablets like the first one and went on upon Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord has commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his, house, in his hands. Next verse. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. Now, skip down to verse 29 of the scripture. Oh, Kila Bragatoja Labaha. You see, something is going to hit you tonight. You will never be able to recover from it. And when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Next verse. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. Next verse. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and spoke to, him, to them. Verse 32. And afterward, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands that the Lord has given him upon Mount Sinai. Let's keep going. Verse 33. And when Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil upon his face. <laughs> Verse 34. But whenever he entered into the presence of the Lord, to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the Israelites what he had been commanded. Verse 35, the last verse. They saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Now watch this. The Lord told Moses, because the first tablet of the Ten Commandments was broken when Moses came down and met the Israelites building for themselves a stature, an image that God didn't command them to do. It got angry and broke it. Now what had happened at this point was that the Lord then called Moses to Mount Sinai. In Exodus chapter, one, chapter 3 verse 1, the Bible says my son and my Hebrew is almost the same and it calls it the mountain of God. Mount Sinai is seen as the mountain of God and it represents what we call in the modern days the mountain of revelation. The mountain in which revelation is shared between one person. Mark that word. Between one person and God. Remember God told Moses, when you are coming to this mountain of revelation, it is only you that can come. The other Israelites cannot come there. You must not bring anything else to me where you are coming. It is only one person that can come to this mountain of revelation. Now, let me explain something to you because sometimes when we talk about mountain, you think we are talking about climbing the pulpit because that's very easy. Do you have, did I give you a mountain of Mount Sinai? If you can get it, just post it for me if you can get it and show me. It's so steepy, so tall that Bible scholars will say that they literally need about 20 something days to be able to climb up to the toppest of the mountain top. To the point that they get to the place where they are almost in close connection to the cloud. So it means that you start up a journey, day one, day two, day two, day four, day five. In itself, it takes some sacrifice to get to that mountain of revelation. 
And when you are coming to mountain of revelation, it is only one person that can come. The mountain of revelation is not where we call Barakbo. It is not where we call Kolabo going. The mountain of revelation is gone. You have to go there individually. Huh. So God told Moses, when you are now coming, hear me, to this mountain of revelation, don't come alone. It says for him, chisel out for me two tablets upon which I can write my laws in it. Hey, you didn't hear what I'm talking about. It says when you are coming to the mountain of revelation, chisel out. Show me a picture of what it is to chisel something out. I, should, I told you to do that. Put, put that out for me. Aha. It takes some work to chisel out. So there's two work God is asking Moses to do right here. Number one, the, 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 the work of coming to the Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Number two, when you are coming, think about this. Because sometimes when we read the scriptures, we just read them and say, it came. How do you climb those mountains holding the two tablets and it's not going to fall? Is the carefulness. You have to walk carefully. There's, there, there's some sort of control around where you are going to in reference to whom you are going to meet there. So he said, chisel out the tablets of revelation and come to me right there. And when you come to me, thank you for that picture, upon this mountain, I will then begin to write upon the tablets. God did not say, I will tell you what to write. God says, when you pass the test, Ali Bakatala, when you pass the test of coming to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God, the mountain of revelation that only you must come to, then only thing you need to bring when you are coming is yourself and the tablets. And when you bring the tablets, I then will begin to write upon that tablet my laws, my ways, my revelation upon this mountain of revelation. But you first need to chisel out for me. You first and foremost need to chisel out. It's a lot of work. It's like drilling. It's like you are going through a process of breaking out something. And when you are done chiseling out, you must hold that tablet carefully lest it breaks before you come upon the mountain of revelation. Because if you come upon the mountain of revelation and you don't have a tablet for me to write into upon, then it's a wasted journey. So Moses, hacking to the word of God, went forth before God, took the tablets of revelation. I skipped from verse 5 to verse 23 that we read. I skipped all of those parts. God now started writing, writing for him the tablets, which is what we now call the Ten Commandments. He started putting in the law upon that tablet for him. The Bible then says, the time Moses started coming back upon the mountain, coming down from the mountain, at the time he came down, the glory of the Lord had overshadowed his face. The Bible says he became radiant. Another version says that he carried the glory in his fullness. <laughs> you didn't hear what I just said to you. It says that upon the mountain of revelation, upon the mountain of God, when you have chiseled out and the Lord is done writing for you his tablets, 
is lost. By the time you are coming back from that mountain, you are not coming back the same way you went. You are coming back with what we call glory. You know what the Bible says? That the whole of Israel could no longer look at the face of Moses. When Moses was going before, they could look at him and say bye-bye. But now he's coming back. They can't see him eyeball to eyeball. In fact, the glory was so much, he had to put a veil to cover it. Because this glory is contaminating. I pray tonight. If you don't get it, the Holy Spirit will help you get it. I pray tonight that the Holy Spirit will help you interpret what I'm saying that I'm not even saying. That when you come back from that mountain of revelation, you now become the agency of God. Because when the glory now rests upon you, and the veil is now on you, when you meet people, it radiates even to them. Because you have been in the mountain of revelation that only one person can go. So Moses came back, had to put a veil. His face was radiant. His face was radiant. The old of Israel couldn't look at him. Aaron, who was called with him as well, could not look at him. Because he went upon that mountain alone. He went upon that mountain alone. Let me say this to you. We can talk about I'm supernatural congregationally. But it would take a you to walk up that mountain of revelation. So that the fullness of I am supernatural can show in the glory that will radiate in your life. And so when Moses came back, he became another man. But what did Moses do for God? Which is where I'm going to. Moses chiseled out a place that God can write his laws. Open your Bible with me to Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 33. Chisel out a place for God to write. Chisel out a place for God to write. Chisel out. Jeremiah 31 verse 33. Look at what it says right here. It says, this is the covenant I would make with the house of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord. It says, I will put my law in their mind and write it on their hearts. I would be their God and they would be my people. So he's saying right there that I would make a covenant with them. Now, at this point, I would not need a tablet of stones anymore. I would need two tablets because when Moses was going, he took two tablets. Two stone tablets. But what God is saying right here is that I need two tablets too. One is your soul, which is your mind. The second is your heart, which is your spirit. In church, Many of us come with our spirit as the tablet to write, but our soul is still dead. There is nothing to write there. God says, I'm going to put my law in your soul and in your spirit so that when you want to make that stupid decision, your, see, let me explain what I'm saying to you. 
It means that sometimes you want to make a decision to do something. Someone says, is it bad to smoke? And everybody is smoking. But for you, there is constraint. Because something has been written in your soul. It might be socially right for everybody to, to, to say it's okay to smoke. But for you, somebody has chiseled out something in your soul. You have allowed God put a marker of his words in your soul. And that constrains you. So you know, it's not everything you can do. Because you have allowed God put a marker in your soul. And on your spirit as well. So we say it's right there. I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. So you must come with two tablets. We have many people who come to church. They come to church with their spirit. And they get stirred up. But the impact of the spirit is not seen in their soulish realm. They do what they like. They talk how they like. They make decisions what pleases them. The tablet of the spirit, but no tablet of the soul. When Moses was coming, he came with two tablets. He had to chisel out two tablets for God to write the law. But you, some of you don't even have any tablets. Where then does God write his law? This is why when time for decisions is made, to be made, there are some things you just know you don't have to read the Bible to know that that's a no-no. Because you have chiseled out your soul for God to write upon. <laughs> you have chiseled out your soul. It's just the same way you know that I cannot go and... Give me an example. I cannot just get into bribery and corruption. You know why you can't do that? Because you have allowed God write upon your soul. Open your Bible again with me to, Je to Ex Ezekiel chapter 11 verse 19. I'm going somewhere tonight because I'm still in the, in the first phase of my message. Ezekiel chapter 19, 11 verse 19. It says, I would give them an undivided heart and I will put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Now watch this. Because if you chisel out for God. A place for him to write upon your heart. Go back to that first scripture that I read. Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33. If, this is very powerful. You don't want to miss what I'm about to say to you now. This is so powerful. If you chisel out. It says this covenant will I make with them. Of the house of Israel. After that declares the Lord. Watch this word. He says, I will, nobody else. He says, he himself will be the one to put my law in their mind. I will put my law in their mind and I will put my law in their hearts. Let me explain what I'm saying to you. It means that you can be in church and we're having a great service like this and the utterance of the pastor is coming out but what he's hearing is different from what the next person is hearing. Because you hear based on the level of the writings in your soul. So people can interpret what God is saying based on their level of writing. Because God can start writing and he's writing only sentence one. And you took away the stone. Your interpretation would always be based on the sentence one he has written in your soul. 
Oh, you need to hear this message twice to get it. That is why you can be in a meeting like this and the word is coming forth so powerfully and somebody is saying, says, I will put my law in your soul. So we are saying give, give. But somebody is interpreting it as, let me just give my offering. But somebody else is saying, I need sacrifice in order for me to get into new levels and realms with God. So I need to bring my tithe and my offering and my prophetic seed and my offering to the poor. I need to heighten it. That's what that person is saying because it will be according to what God puts there and you allow him to put there. This is too deep for some people. They're going to have to listen to it twice or thrice. But you have to chisel out a place for God to write. You have to chisel out a place for God to write. You say, I am supernatural. What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm a man of the world, a man of the spirit. What does that mean? So, I'm in a meeting like this and God is saying, there is so, 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 so promotion that's going to happen in the next three months to some people. And as they are saying it as utterance, because he says, I would be the one to write. It's me, myself. So as the person is saying it, he's writing something else in your spirit. You are interpreting something else. Glory be to God. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. Look at me, everyone. And I want to hear this so profound. The new, every the new installation. The greatest amongst you all would be the people who chisel out two tablets, their soul and their heart, their soul and their spirit, so that God can put his own laws, not your own law. So that you can allow God right upon the law. So that by the time you are coming back from the mount of, transfer, of, of, of revelation. There is gradient glory. Coming with you. This is what would happen. Then we can then say. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Until then. We are joking. Revelation chapter. Um, pardon me. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10. It says. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. Say, so this is the covenant we're going to share together. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them what on their hearts. Says, I would be their God and they would be my people. He says, this is the covenant. So he said right there, for us to have a covenant, because people read the scripture and miss it. Because everyone says, I have a covenant with God. I have a covenant with God. What this scripture is saying is that you don't have a covenant with me if you don't have two tablets. If you don't present to me two tablets that I can write my law upon each of them. So your soulish realm, I can bring constraint. In that soulish realm that you know I can't make, I can't marry that guy. I can't date that person. I can't travel anyhow. I, can't, I, am, I am submitted to authority. I am I'm not just a vagabond, just making decisions. I have constraints in my soul. Then in my spirit, I have constraints. I must fast. I must tithe. I must give. I must pray. I have constraints. You are allowing him then chisel the two out. 
It says, when I chisel these two out, then I will covenant with you. Because covenants, hear me, libacatas, covenants are never made on the ground in the valley. Covenants in the old scriptures was always made in the mountain. It was in the mountain of Moriah, the mountain of teaching. That was where God made a covenant with Adam, Abraham. It was on the Mount Sinai. God made a covenant with Moses. In the mountain of transfiguration, you saw the law and the prophet came in that mountain. And they started having a conversation about the coming in of the Messiah. Not just Jesus as a person, but the mighty move of God, which we all are experiencing now. The Holy Spirit is in that mountain that covenants are made. So you want to have covenant with God? It's not by talk. It's by chiseling out two tablets for him to write upon. Some of you, you have your heart and your soul, but it's for you. It is for you. You're not going to give it to him. Listen, you can come to Mount Sinai, the mountain of revelation, because when you come to church, come to Mount Zion. But you left your tablet of soul and your tablet of heart at home. So when the teacher is teaching, you are saying, that's not for me. They are telling you, don't do this. This is the way to go. This is the way to move in life. This is the way. He said, that's not for me. You are not allowing them to write upon the laws in your heart, on your soul. But God is saying, the people I'm going to covenant with, I'm going to have to chisel them out and I'm going to have to put my law in their soul. Now, something very powerful happened with Jesus. In the book of Luke chapter 17, um, Matthew chapter 17, Jesus was upon the Mount of Transfiguration. And when he was upon this mountain, he took with him Peter, James, and John. So they got to this mountain, and while they got into this mountain, I need to realize that Jesus was very deliberate with what he was doing right there. He took them to this mountain because it only takes people who can be trusted for the agenda of Jesus for him to take them to that mountain. You didn't hear what I just said to you. That is why he did not take the 12 disciples to that mountain. No. Even though they were disciples. He didn't take the 70 that were following him. He did not take the 120. He took the three. Because he could entrust. And I'm going to show you something in a moment. So Jesus took those people and took them to the Mount of Transfiguration. When they were upon that mountain, the Bible says Moses and Elijah showed up on that mountain. Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. And Jesus represents the new covenant so we had three covenants in operation right there we had the covenant of the law we had the covenant of the prophetic then we had the covenant the new covenant which was Jesus then they started to talk to Jesus and the disciples of Jesus said well this is such a beautiful thing that we are seeing right here this is what we should do let us build a place for, for Moses let us build another place for Elijah let's build another one for you sir 
we would just enjoy the spectacular performances and occurrence going on right here. Let me tell you what was going on right there. These three men had something in common. I want you to hear where I'm going to today because you think you know where I'm going to, but you don't. These three men had something in common. The Bible says about these three people that they, three of them fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Moses fasted 40 days. Go and check your scriptures. Elijah fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Then the three of them came upon the same mountain. Which is the mountain of transfiguration is actually the mountain of sacrifice. It is the mountain which they were trying to show Peter, James, and John that if truly you are going to fulfill the new covenant that Jesus brought, you must do the same thing we did. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said to you. You did not hear what I just said to you. This was why Jesus now started teaching in Luke chapter 17. Let's go there. I will show you these things today. In Luke Chapter 17. Because when I said, have you taken your DNA tests? Everybody thought I wanted to come and tell you about, you know, I'm a lifestyle. I'm a, I will show you who has taken the DNA test tonight. Luke chapter 14. Let's go to Luke chapter 14. Pardon me. You see, this scripture I'm about to read to you, when God showed me the scripture last night, it blew my mind away. I've taught this scripture in a particular way before, PD. And when God showed it to me, I'm like, what? May, may you stay on the mountain of revelation. May God show you hidden things in his word that would, that would roll out your real stature in the spirit. One day, one Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, Give me the King James. I want to work with the King James. And behold, there was a... Okay. And it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. Next verse. And behold, there was a certain man... No, no, no. Take me to verse... I think it's verse 25. When he started talking about... You know, thank you, Jesus. Light of the word. You step down into darkness open my eyes all right 25 yes that's it let me see oh thank you let's take that song beauty that makes this heart adore you hope of my life spent with here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my. Declare it, declare it, you're my God. You're all together lovely. All together. All together, 
wonderful. All right, look at this. Luke chapter 14. The Mount Transfiguration. Three of them had something in common. 40 days, 40 nights fasting and prayer. 40 days, 40 nights fasting and prayer. 40 days, 40 nights fasting and prayer. So they were showing the, the people who Jesus wanted to chisel out. They were showing them a prototype of the sacrifices required to finish up this new covenant thing that Jesus brought about. Now, Jesus then started speaking in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. It says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said to them, Watch this. There came, look at this. There came great many church members. Followed him, came to the new, all across the new churches. Came to hear of Jesus and the new. Then he turned around and looked at them and said, Look at me. All of you that are just coming to this church. All of you that are members of this church. He now started talking to them. He says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, you know, post that scripture. Because now, when the new generation people or the older pastors teach this, when they begin to teach it now, they would say, well, what Jesus was trying to say there was not really it. He was actually trying to say, you should not be like, you are correcting what Jesus said himself. When Jesus said hate, he meant hate. And what it means is that whenever your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brethren, your sister take you in a direction that is not consistent to what Jesus has told you to say or do, then you are against him. So he says, if you don't hate that decision, if you don't hate that direction, then you cannot have my life. Let me tell you again, because this is raw admit. Again, they will tell you he wasn't really saying hate because as though that they were the one Jesus talking right there. Jesus used the word. He says, if any man come to me and not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, yea, and his own life. He didn't say hate your family and love yourself. It says, if you don't also eat your own. Which means that your soul, because it doesn't have the tablets of God in it, and it's not been chiseled out yet, if you don't hate the decisions that your soulish realm is asking you to go, as it negates what Jesus is asking you to do, then you cannot be my disciples. So he was saying to them, as we are all going together, let's pause here. Let us truly know who is going with us. It says, if you don't hate, go back home. Just go back home. Just be coming to church. Be attending church. Just be joining the multitude. But if you want to talk about disciples, the people I would take to the Mount of Transfiguration, then they must be people who their own life, they count it as lost. Their own life, they count it as nothing but to know him. Verse 27. And Jesus said, And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me. Because you can read that scripture now and you think that Jesus is calling unto you. He's saying, Me, Jesus, I'm a movement. I'm going. Oh. Whosoever doesn't quickly carry the cross and come after me, they will miss my timing. 
It means I'm going, you must be the one to come after me. He says, you don't come after me. Number two, you cannot be my disciples. What Jesus was doing right here was doing a, he was doing a job interview for the multitudes. Like we are doing this evening in the new. Because you can scream, I'm the new. You can post, I'm the new. I'm the next. I'm the, I'm the whatever. I'm the supernatural. I am the supernatural. Then we are doing a DNA test this evening. Let's really know who are the supernatural army. This is the DNA test we're about to take now. I hope you have the same DNA with Jesus. Verse 28. Verse 28. Now, if you read this verse 28, because we've read the scripture in a way that seems as though, <laughs> this is so powerful. We've read the scripture in a way that seems as though when we want to do building PD, when we want to do building um, construction in a church or family budgeting or planning, then people use the scripture and say that, you know, you have to count the costs, da, 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 da. But this was Jesus not talking to the people at this time. Don't miss it. Don't miss what I'm about to say to you. The first two verses we read was Jesus talking to the people. The swan that we are looking at now is Jesus now talking to himself. Oh, did you get what I just said to you? Jesus was now talking to himself. For which of you intended to build a tower, sitting not down first and counting the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish? Because Jesus was building something. So he was saying to himself, let me show you. Verse 28, 29. So, 29, quickly. Let's happily... After he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all that beyond it begin to mock him. Verse 20, 30, 30 rather. Quickly, 30, 30. Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Verse 31, let's go again. This is where I want to show you. Then Jesus said again, or, that is to say, if you didn't get what I was trying to say, in terms of the way I want to make my decision, because I, I must first count my cost before I call you as mine. He then says, of what king going to make war against another king? Who is making war? It was Jesus and Lucifer. Jesus was coming to destroy the power of darkness on the earth. So he was saying right here, what king going to make war against another king? Sitteth not down first and consulted whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. So Jesus was doing a spiritual scrutiny right here. The people that I have, are they able to get me this kingdom? Are they able? Would they pass the test of the first three chapter verses that we read? The 32, he then says, look at this. Or else, while the order is yet a great way afar off, he sent an ambassage and desired condition of peace. Verse 33. So likewise, Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Then the word of God says, If ye continue in my words, then ye are my disciples indeed. He says, Then ye shall know the truth, 
<laughs> oh, glory to God. Because sometimes we read the scriptures, you shall know the truth, and the truth I set you free. You shall know the truth. No, he was talking about the disciples. If ye continue in my words, then ye are my disciples indeed. Let me tell you something this evening. We're following Jesus not because we don't have any other option but because he's the only option. You didn't hear it. And because he's the best option. Let me tell you when I know a man who God is going to use. The man that God is going to use, yeah, very well, would be a man or a woman that they have first conquered themselves. And how do I know what it means to conquer yourself? It means you have gotten to a place in the mountain of revelation where only you got to and he did to you what he wants in a place nobody else can see. It means he chiseled you out. Ah. This is the true DNA test of a supernatural army. Those who would submit, who would align, and those who would sign up to be disciples but not multitudes. The choice is yours. You can be a multitude. They don't go to Mount Sinai. They don't go to Mountain of Transfiguration. There's something demanded at that level. It's called sacrifice. But you want to be a disciple of the supernatural? Then you're going to have to bring the two templates of your heart and your soul. You bring it over and then allow God to begin to write his laws. Custom made for you. Begin to write it. That's why people will make certain decisions. It's okay for them to make, but you can't make it. People say, why are you accountable? You are just accountable. Accountability is old-fashioned. It's a fool that is talking to you. Accountability is old-fashioned. Why are you accountable? I'm not accountable to no man, but God, you should run from such men. People who are not accountable to anybody but God. People who the only people they fear is God. I fear nobody on the earth. I don't lie, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't respect any other person. The only person that can talk to me that will make me listen is God. Then die. And go and be with God. Because I'll tell you something. If you have those kind of people in your life, they will not lead you beside the still water. They will lead you into the valley of shadow and there will be no one with you there. When you allow him chisel out, there will be certain laws you go by. Because himself wrote it for you. You guys didn't hear what I'm saying. Himself, when he wrote it for you in the two, in your heart, which is your spirit, in your soul, which is your heart, which is your, um, your mind, then your decision, there will not be again a conflict between your soulish decision and your spiritual decision they will come into alignment. Because there are many believers who their soulish decisions and actions, behaviors, is not in alignment with the chiseling out of their spirits. 
They want the refiner's fire to only refine them in their spirit. But they don't want it to get into their soul. Jesus said, if you hate, if you love your brother, your father, all these people, if you're not willing to hate them, you can't follow me. You know why? Because his yoke is easy, his burden is light. But the requirement of the kingdom is high. There are high requirements. The first requirement of the kingdom, die to self. The second requirement of the kingdom, die to self. The third requirement of the kingdom, die to self. Again, the first requirement of the kingdom, carry your cross. Second requirement, carry your cross. Third requirement, carry your cross. And follow me. Then ye are my disciples indeed. Then you would know this truth, and the truth will set you free. Because it is only disciples who know the truth. Not multitudes. Multitudes are seeking manna, miracles. They know God, but not his ways. Choose where you want to belong. You could either choose, I am supernatural, the commentators of the supernatural. Because when you go to a football match, they are commentators. People who will stay in the, in the bystand and be screaming, Messi will score a goal tonight. Cristiano Ronaldo will score another goal. But there is Cristiano Ronaldo who is playing the match that you are talking about. You decide who you want to be. The disciples or the multitudes. When I take your DNA test in the spirit, when I punch a blood out of your spirit and there's blood flowing out of your spirit, when I examine it with the DNA examination, there's something I want to see in there. This is the blood of a disciple. This is the blood of a discipled man. A blood of a discipled man that allowed God to take them through the process. Not a wanderer. Not a free-spirited soul. I can just do what I want to do. I can just make any decision that I want to make. I can just have any friend that I want to have. Tonight, I want to show you one more thing as we begin to close. I know this message is very calm. But you're going to have to listen to it like twice or thrice to get it. Because what God is asking from the new, from you, after your identity of the supernatural has now been known, is asking for two things. Your mind and your spirit. But you're going to have to chisel it out yourself. You're going to have to chisel it out yourself. A tough process of chiseling. But once you do it, do you know, the password to come to Mount Sinai the Mount of Revelation is the two tablets. Once you have the two tablets, then they say, now you can come to Mount Sinai. Once you, don't have, once you have not chiseled out yet, stay with Aaron and the Israelites. But you want to come to the mountain of Revelation so that you can carry glory? The glory that can be contaminating. 
the glory that can radiate so much that the other people would have to shut their eyes so that they can see the much of that glory so that there can be a transmission of your glory to the world John 8 verse 31 then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him if ye continue in my word then ye are my disciples indeed Ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Because sometimes we read that scripture and say, I shall know the truth. And truth. He's talking about disciples right there. It is disciples who will be made free. It is disciples who will be made free. Not multitudes, not church attendees. Disciples. It's a disciple that will hear error. I know that's, that word is not from God. It's not a attendee who would hear error and say glory, glory, oh deep rubbish you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free but before this truth makes you free you're going to have to chisel out a place that God can write in your heart tonight I wanted to say it over again. You can put it in a comment session, put it on social media, whatever it is. I chisel out a place that God can write, that God Himself can write His law on my heart. Because let me say something to every one of you the law on my own is going to be different from yours, my constraints will be different from yours. There are some things I can't do. Do you know, Mary could not sleep with another man until she had Jesus. It was her constraints, but she was chiseled out. Shall I tell you how we knew she was chiseled out? They said, how would these things be? He said, don't worry, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. They said, you are the Lord. Do to me what you want. At that moment, she chiseled out a place that God can write. <laughs> We're in church, the new. We've been trying to chisel you out. We chisel you out a little bit, you put it back. We chisel you out a little bit, you put it back. We chisel you out a little bit, you put it back. Jesus says, you're not my disciple indeed. You cannot be free. You cannot be free. That's why some of you are in bondage. You know why? Because you have not chosen to be discipled. Who is discipling you? Who? You don't even have a shepherd. You don't even have a shepherd's tent. Let alone a shepherd. You don't even have anything. Tonight, after the service, I want you to run like, you know when a mad dog runs? Run to all your pastor. Tonight, you're going to run like you've never run before. Send them messages. Call them. Bombard them. Let them be on call waiting. Ten calls at the same time. Say, sir, I want you to chisel me out. Ma, I want you to chisel me out. All the new churches, run to all your pastor and go and kneel for submission to be chiseled out. For discipleship. Not just talking trash. Say, I owe the word of God. If you come to this church just to come and meet a friend and say, we're just be church members, let's just come and be talking to each other, let's be taking selfie. You are multitudes. You never know the ways of God. You will never. 
God will use you as a passerby, but not the main actor in the film. You chisel out. You can stay in the spectator and be screaming. Ronaldo will play very well. See Ronaldo, Rooney, Rooney scoring goal. Madrid will win today. And the gal- you're in the gallery. But you want to come here? He says, I will be going, but you have to follow me. You're going to have to first let go of your father, mother, all those people. Jesus said, I've not come to bring peace. He said, I came with a sword. I've come to divide them. If you're not going to follow my way, you're not my disciples. In church, we say, fast. You think you're doing me a favor for fasting? You are are twisted. You're not doing me no favor. They say, pray. They say, be accountable. Talk to someone. Don't just make decisions. You want to get into a relationship? At least talk to your pastor. You think think I want to marry your girlfriend? You think I want to marry your your boyfriend? You You think I have the time to sit down and say, no, 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 it's so good. But we are, we are calling the deep in you so that you can be chiseled out, so that we can, we can keep you in parts of righteousness. But you have everything all figured out. That's why God can't use you. You know, too than, you know too much than God. And the men and the angels that God sent amongst you. The Bible says he gave gifts to men. Your pastors are your gifts. They are your gifts. Do you know what means that the heavenly father, the creator of the whole world, gave you a gift? Do you know what that means? There is no gift on the planet of the earth that is as great as the gift that God would give you. And then God looks at you and gives you a pastor after his heart as your gifts. And say, what does he really know? What does, I mean, I just, we just, I mean, I mean we are G's now. We're just G's. You are a fool. God has called a man who is going to use to chisel you out. The two tablets, chisel it out so that he can write. You want to do wonders for God on the earth, but you are not willing for him to use your heart. Tonight, bombard your pastors. Call them, every one of them. Sir, from today, I see what God is saying. Because for this army to come bones to bone, I told you the first time, yesterday, Sunday, last week Sunday, what we did here was a joining of bone. But for this army to rise, this is the instruction. Let them, Isaiah 54, stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Jesus looked at his disciples He told them, go and wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Spirit. He didn't give them a time. In our generation, if PD, you say, members, just come and stay here. I'll see you soon. Just keep praying. They'll be calling you. Where are you now? Ah, ah, man, I'm gone, no. I'm gone, no. You want to go and watch a a movie or a football that they are not they don't even know you and you are not even in the past to be known but they stood there they waited see the Holy Spirit descended oh <laughs> let me now ask you a question when the Holy Spirit descended upon them to whose good was it Jesus thought to them whose good do you think you are doing 
Me? <laughs> Someone say it out loud. I'm going to allow God to chisel me out. Chisel me out. It's going to be a painful process, but I'm ready to be chiseled out. Quickly, let me close. Three ways in which two things that God wants to speak to us tonight about. Number one, in the process of chiseling out. Show me that picture of I am supernatural, the lifestyle of a supernatural army. Show me quickly as I begin to close. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, I lift my hands in worship. Just play for me. As I bless your holy name. I feel an anointing. You deserve the glory. Yes, the Lord is speaking to some people right now. The Lord is chiseling some people out. I, I literally can see a walk going on right now. Yes. Yes. There's someone. The power of the Yes, that's the power of the Lord upon you. You can feel this fire. This fire on your inside. You can feel this fire. There's some of you, you can feel like a, a warm sensation in your palms. That's the chiseling ongoing. Some of you, you can feel like a, a crowning, like an oil upon your head. Koratalas. Keep going. There is no one. Lift your hands. For you are you do me. If I were you, I would bow before him and just lay flat in stillness to him. Let him operate you tonight. Let him chisel you out tonight. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You do me. Lay down to the ground if you can. But straight down to the floor. Everyone, under the sound of my voice. Every single member of the new right now. Everyone, right now on the floor. Lie before him. Let the earth emit into your spirit. Let there be a transmission of that life. Oh, I came out of the soil, oh God. Now do to me what you want. I am yours and you are mine. 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 Oh, kill Abahales. Kill Abahales. Kill Abahales. Breathe your name upon me, oh God. Just breathe your name upon me, oh God. Just breathe your name, oh Lele Baradova Ladebalakat. Yahweh, 
I'm ready, oh God. Make me a disciple. Make me a disciple. I submit myself to your lordship. I submit myself to the process of discipleship. Oh God. Oh God of Zion. Oh God of Israel. Oh God of the angels army. Chisel me out right now. Chisel me out. I bring forth the tablet of my soul. I bring forth the tablet of my heart. Write your laws. Write your lords. Write your lords. Make a covenant with me. Oh Ramahaya. There are no words There's nothing left <laughs> My heart will sing to you oh, oh, oh. There are no words <laughs> There's nothing My heart was Lord, I seek your face, I seek your face, <laughs> for there is no higher call, the calling to be discipled, there's no Greater honor than to bow, Kaya Lahayas, and kneel before your throne, your throne, Yahweh, Yeshua Amashiach. I'm amazed at your glory and praised by your mercies, oh God. to me what you want oh God right now and just lay bare before you every member of the new if you're driving in your car get home but go lay bare if you're watching on you just go lay bare 
There's a work going on. That's what the Spirit of the Lord says. There's an initiation into this mighty army. you what just happened right there. 2nd Chronicles chapter, chapter 5 verse 14. It says so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. That was what just happened right now. The priest could not longer minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house. to me what you want I'm open I'm open before you God do to me what you want this is the place of surrender do to me what you want This is the place where my flesh gives way. Do to me what you want. Tonight as I close. May the Lord chisel you out. And may you chisel yourself out to be used by him. On Sunday, I'm going to go further. And I'm going to talk about the areas in which we need to be chiseled out as a people. Something has started. Remember, tonight, bombard your pastors with calls, emails, messages, text messages, WhatsApp. I submit to be chiseled. I submit to be discipled. I'm ready. I'm open give the Lord a mighty shout of praise in your house right now. Give him a scream, give him a jump, give him a shout. I'm ready for this process. Shout it, I'm supernatural! Shout it, I'm supernatural! I'm supernatural! hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.